this is Anna. Welcome to Read a Pod Podcast. Now, I haven't read Treasure and Dirt because my order has not arrived yet. So I'm so sorry. I am so ashamed. It was meant to get here last Thursday and it hasn't. But I'm so looking forward to it. And, you know, this is, I guess, the problems with COVID. I know just getting supplies, getting stuff delivered can be really difficult, that there's a big backlog with Australia Post with all the couriers. But it's a good reason for your listeners to support local bookstores because these are the kind of problems that small bookstores, I'd say, look, if you can support bookstores like Anna's, please do. Thank you. Thank you very much. It does make it so much harder. Would you like me just to give you, give your your listeners a pot of Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So this is a so-called elephant. Elevator pitch. Right. And because it's a, a crime novel, I can't really give away too many spoilers. But here's the setup. And this isn't a spoiler because this happens in the prologue. This happens in the first couple of pages of the book. We're in an outback town way out in the middle of nowhere called Finnegan's Gap. And it's an opal mining town. And it's late at night and we're with a team of ratters. Now, ratters are the lowest of the low. Ratters are people, they're opal miners who steal other miners' opals. They go down their mines in the middle of the night and plunder their mines and and get away before anyone knows they've been there. So with this team of ratters, they're down this mine and they discover a body, body of an opal miner. But he's not just dead. He hasn't just been murdered. He's been crucified. And so this ratting team get out of there as quickly as they can. But they do notify the police. They they do at least do the right thing there, make an anonymous call. And then the story starts proper with the arrival of the two detectives, the more experienced homicide detective, Sergeant Ivan Lukic, who's come up from Sydney. But his, uh, his senior partner can't come. So he's thrown together with a very inexperienced you know, brand new young detective, not a homicide detective, but a detective that's based out in the far west at Burke. This is set kind of somewhere up near the real mining town of Opal Ridge, so far northwest New South Wales, up near the Queensland border. And so they start investigating. And, and, you know, the more they investigate, the more secrets they uncover and the more crimes they discover. And this is a really wide open kind of town. It's almost like something from a Western. There's a mad religious cult there that recruits young people and then puts them to work mining opals. Oh, my God. There's there's this sort of very colourful squatters camp of opal miners. There's also another storyline with two billionaire miners, not opal miners, but they're running these big industrial mines nearby. They've been rivals for decades. So that, that's another aspect to it. And the other plot line that starts emerging is the problems that our two detectives, Ivan and Nell, individually face, but both facing challenges to their career. Nell, it's got to do with her past. She actually, her first job as a police officer in uniform had been at Finnegan's Gap. And so events from her past start rearing up. And meanwhile, Ivan is being investigated by the police internal affairs unit. So they've both got skin in the game. They both desperately need to solve this yeah. Um, and then we're kind of off and running. For the people who like Scrublands and Silver and Trust, I point out there is a map in the front of the book. Just I love them. Those. I really love them. Have. Yeah. And again, drawn by the same artist, Alexander Potosnik, who's just done a, 
a fantastic job. So, look, I think if people like Scrublands and Silver and Trust, they'll like Treasure and Dirt. And so far, the feedback from readers has been terrific. I'm, I'm very, very happy about that. Oh, fantastic. Do you know, I actually lent further and further in to hear more and more. It sounds fantastic. I can't wait to read it. Thank you very much. I really do appreciate it. I know that you've got much better things to be doing than chatting with me. Thank you. No, not at all. It's it's good to talk to you. And it's really the only substantial book event I did last year was at your store. I mean, I got to Sydney, I got out and signed books at bookstores. Bookstores were open. I had a launch event in Canberra at the ANU that was well attended. I haven't been able to do any of that this time. I live in Canberra, no launch. Lockdown in Canberra has been pretty much as tight as Sydney or Melbourne. But I am hoping as we begin to live, first thing to do is to get out to my local bookstores and just sign some stock, not, not necessarily have events. I've been doing quite a lot of online, some podcasts. What event have you yeah. got later on? I've got, so today I'm talking to you and later on I'm talking to uh, Danny V from Words and Nerds. I love Danny. And then, and then at 10 o'clock tonight, me and two other Australian-based authors, S.R. White and Peter Papanathasanu, we're appearing at a book festival in the UK, virtually. All That's three of us talking about Aussie crime. Treasure and Dirt's being, it's just been published, it's called Opal Country there, but it's strange mm. to match with the Australian publication. It's just published as an e-book. And then the, the more formal publication comes next year with a hardback and, the, and then the paperback. So that's good. Yeah. Wow, that's great. Congratulations. But God, you are going to be tired tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's one thing about being a writer, you can, this sort of stuff is, it's, it's, it's easy, but it's always. No, fun. but you must be getting awfully used to the writing career. You've been a professional writer now for 2018? 2018 was uh, Grublands came out. That was in August. So it's only three years ago, but there was quite a lead up to that. And in fact, I finished work. I, I'd actually been sacked from my job, not for doing anything wrong, just one of those waves of redundancy that was going You're to be. You're a journalist, yeah. Yeah, I did work for a short time for a politician and then I got this extraordinary book deal, which allowed me then to turn into a full-time writer, which is a real dream. Uh, not that many people in Australia are fortunate enough for that to happen. So I had a year before Scrublands came out. And so by that time, I was, I was sort of getting into my second book, Silver. And so it's, it's been a book a year. So Scrublands 2018, Silver 2019, Trust last year, and now, and now Treasure and Dirt this year. Will Treasure and Dirt be another series or is it just going to be a standalone? I started writing it with the intention of just being a standalone. Um, but as it evolved and developed and, and, of course, now finished, I really like the two characters. There's two protagonists, both police officers, one an experienced homicide detective called Ivan Lukic and a very inexperienced, newly minted detective, not even a homicide detective, a detective from out west of New South Wales called Nell Buchanan, and they're thrown together to investigate this case. Ivan is actually in the first three books. He's in Scrubland, Silver and Trust, but only as a very, very minor character. He's a rather surly offsider to the main policeman who's in those books, Morris Montefiore. And now, because Morris has found himself in trouble, Ivan mm -hmm. is being sent off on his own to investigate a murder in an opal mining town called Finnegan's Gap. And so I just started with this idea of having these two police officers, but they go through a lot in the book. Uh, they're not simply, you know, 
hands-off investigators. They've got real skin in the game. And indeed, as the events unfold, both of them find that their careers are at mm. risk, if not their lives. So um, Ooh, by, wow. the the, by the end of writing it, I found them more and more intriguing as a writer. So I think it will end up being at least another book, whether that constitutes a series or not, I don't know, but it might be another one. It might be another few. So I wasn't what I intended, but I suspect that's what's going to happen. Did that happen with Scrublands as well? Was Scrublands just going to be a one-off? Pretty much. I began with this idea, this mad ambition of writing a trilogy, but not in the way that you might think that Scrublands, Silver and Trust is a trilogy. I was actually thinking of an enormous book in three parts, if you like. Right. But it was then explained to me rather clearly <laughs> that you can't write a crime book and leave the readers hanging and expect them to, to go and buy a second book or a third 100%. book to find out what happened. <laughs> You've got to okay, so like, it's so obvious, isn't it? Oh. But anyway, so so as soon as they said that to me, I went, ah, yep, yeah, right. So I went around and finished Scrublands and resolved everything. But the thing that then took Scrublands into a second and third book was almost uh, unintentionally. I found one of the bits of writing the book that I enjoyed the most and I think for some readers, one of the aspects they enjoy the most is Martin's kind of emotional involvement and his emotional development. So he becomes a different man by the end of Scrublands. And so there was a few questions then I had about his character. Why was he so kind of messed up? And so that's why the second book, Silver, goes back and investigates the uh, traumatic events of his childhood. Mm. And then in Trust, the same thing happens with Mandalay Blonde or Mandy. And of course, in that book, you've got the two points of view. You've got Mandy telling half the story. And now something similar has happened here. You've got Ivan and Nell, they're both point of view characters. So you're alternating, you know, point yeah. of view between the two of them. And again, they're evolving as characters. So I just think there's more to tell about them. And in some ways, it's one of the, for me, the writer, and I know at least some of the readers, that's one of the most interesting facets to the books. Well, I know that I loved that in the Scrublands trilogy. I love seeing the character development of Martin. I think you can see him aging you can see him maturing and you can see him um, relates to Mandalay it's really nice and something that I wasn't expecting because I'm only new to the crime genre <laughs> good on you good on so you. I look forward to going along for the ride with Treasure and Dirt was it hard to get published like when you went to them with a new idea did they just want more of Martin and Mandalay no no they were very supportive they were, yeah. on, they were on board right, right from the start and I think it's, it's not an uncommon thing to do for crime no. writers to and so some, of course, will have kind of multiple series going at, at the same time. So you can think of someone like Anne Cleve. So she, she's finished the Shetland books now, but, you know, she's writing the Shetland books and the Vera Stanhope books. Um, you get people like Michael Robotham, mm-hmm. who had a long-running series mm-hmm. with Joe Lachlan, which he's now finished, but he wrote some standalones in between. He, he's now started a new series, but his latest book, once again, is a standalone. Yeah. Um, and, and Michael Connolly, of course, the, the great American, you know, the Harry Bosch guy, mm-hmm. he also wrote books with some other protagonists like the lawyer the Lincoln lawyer the Lincoln lawyer and also there's a journo he uses sometimes who's like related to them or something something like that so (laughs) yeah and so so when I was came up with a publisher and I wasn't actually suggesting anything radical right yeah I understand all credit to Alan and Alan they've done a fantastic job in publicizing this it's very difficult during lockdown I'm kind of fortunate in that at least I had some sort of reputation and been out and done a lot of public 
publicity for scrublands and then silver. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think it's a much, much more difficult time now if you're a debut author because you can't get out and do the events. You can't get to the bookstores. You can't sign copies of books. Yeah. I do feel for debut authors. What are your plans with Treasure Into? You're going to be doing lots and lots of virtual events. I did have a a really enormous book tour planned this year. I I think it was sort of based on the one that that I didn't do last year. But I am hoping that if, you know, lockdown eases, I will be able to get to bookstores and signs and books. And I think we just have to play it by ear for events, whether people, I mean, people might be tentative about going out and going to public events. On the other hand, they might be absolutely, you know. Chomping at the bit to get to a real life event. Yeah. Who knows? Anyway, I hope hope to see you and come and sign some book before the end of the year. Oh, that would be fantastic. Thank you. I'm so sorry. I should should have said no, but I just I couldn't bring myself to actually cancel it either. It was too good an opportunity, Mr. Chris Hammer. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Anna, and I hope to see you soon. Okay, so thanks for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe. See you next time on Reader Pod Podcast.